blessed Feast of the Epiphany to all of you. You know, in many ways, the Feast of the Epiphany is a second Christmas. You know, we in the, the Roman Catholic Church, the Western Church, we celebrate Christmas as the, the big feast celebrating our Lord's birth. But in the Eastern Churches, Eastern Orthodox and many of the Eastern Catholic Churches, they actually celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany as the big celebration where they trade gifts. And I, I even know people who don't actually open their gifts. You know, they, they might do gifts with their kids on Christmas, but then don't actually open gifts, their big gifts, until Epiphany. You know, it's really the traditional day of Epiphany is uh, yesterday, the 6th. And so it would be the 13th day of Christmas, if you will, 12 days after Christmas. So that's, when they, that's why they would do that. But just as Christmas was the revelation of the light of the world coming into the world for the Jewish people, Epiphany is the revelation of the light of the world for all the world being revealed to us. And of course, the symbol of Christ as the light of the world coming into the world is so important for us as Catholics. It's something we see a lot in our church. You know, things like, of course, we have, you know, the modern technology of electric lights, and yet we still use candles. We still light our altar with candles, that living flame of a candle. And that's the most clear, at least to me, in the imagery of the liturgy when, during the Easter Vigil. And of course, Easter Vigil starts with a fire outside, and then we bring lit candles, assuming the wind doesn't blow them out, as it usually does here in Montana, lit candles into the church. And it's dark outside, and the church itself is darkened as well. Try to have as little light in the church as possible, so that as the people come in with their lit candles and, and the priest is leading with the Easter candle, the church slowly brightens as more and more people come in, as more and more candles light the space until it's brilliantly lit. But these the candles that we're holding, really showing the light of Christ coming into the world and the rising, of course, with the Easter vigil, it's the symbolism of the rising of Christ from the dead. But the candlelight has such significance for us in the church because it is the light of Christ. It is shining the light of Christ into the world. You know, it's the same thing when we look at monstrances, you know, those, those objects that we use for adoration when the Blessed Sacrament is placed in an object where you can see the Blessed Sacrament. And surrounding it usually are gold rays of light. It looks like there's light radiating off of this monstrance. Um, when I would do adoration in Malta, there were spotlights on the altar that were set just right, where I could turn off all the backlights behind the altar in the sanctuary, and those spotlights would just make the monstrance glow. It was just, you know, again, it's seeing that light of Christ in this beautiful object, showing us the light that has come into the world. That light that has come into this darkened world to dispel that darkness of sin and to lead us to eternal life with him. This light of Christ that led the wise men, the, the magi, the we three kings as we sing, um, to him, that light of Christ, that star. They came from long distance. They came, you know, we think from modern day Iran, Persia, came from there to find Christ. 
And that light was shining not just for the Israelite people, as I said, but was for shining for the Gentiles, shining for the whole world to see. And these, these, and of course we know the story of their, their coming. You know, we sing about it where they bring the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. We, you know, the song does so well about explaining each one. You know, the, the gold is, you know, crowning our Lord as king. You know, the gold used for the crown, used for the royal objects. It was always, always made in gold. The incense, which even to this day in the church we use as that, those prayers ascending in worship, as that incense is burned and that smoke comes out of it, that scented smoke, it's the prayers going up into heaven. And then myrrh, a scented oil that was used to embalm the body after death. You know, interesting that one of the gifts to this child, this infant, was a foreshadowing of his death on the cross. You know, so they had these, these three gifts that they, they brought to honor him. And, of course, these were objects of great wealth that were brought to him. Well, that same radiance that led the Magi leads us if we are open to seeing it. If we are open to seeing that light of Christ in our world today, it leads us to him. It leads us to his salvation. You know, it's interesting that if you think about it, there are likely many who saw that star. You know, it was seen throughout the world. But there are only the Magi that were the ones who recognized what it was and followed it. And the challenge for us is to see the light of Christ, to recognize the light of Christ in our world today and follow it. And too often, it's, it's that we can get so caught up in the darkness of the world, so caught up in the sin of the world, that we miss the light. We don't see it. We're blinded by the darkness. And so when we go looking for the, the peace and the comfort and the forgiveness and the love that we desire, we look out there. We look to the world. We don't look to Christ. But yet Christ has promised that if we follow him, we will have those things, peace and comfort and forgiveness and love. We just have to find him and we have to follow him. Not going our own way, not going how we want to live, but how he wants us to live. And so we see that light shining, first of all, through the teachings of the church, guiding us, leading us. Now, sometimes it's hard to believe. We might say, oh, yeah, the church is leading us or teaching. Well, what about this, that, and the other thing that I disagree with? You know, it's easy for us to, to say, well, I disagree, therefore the church must be wrong. And that's not the case. You know, the, the, the teachings of the church, you know, passed down for 2,000 years are to help guide us, to help us live and be closer to Christ. And those hard teachings especially are the ones that make it the most challenging, but they're also the ones that can, be, can more clearly shine the light of Christ in our lives if we are open to seeking them, listening to them, having the humility to follow Christ in his church. Again, a very difficult thing to do. We don't want to be humble. We want to be prideful. We want to hang on to our pride. But the light of Christ also, and most importantly, comes to us through the Mass. When we come to Mass, we are directly bathed in the light of Christ. The light of Christ is shining upon us now as part of this worship, as part of this sacrifice. We can't see it. We can't hear the angels singing. We can't see the light of Christ around us. But it is here, and it is shining down upon us. 
because the Mass is a direct encounter with Christ himself. That's why it's so important. We come to Mass every week. We don't make exceptions. We come to Mass every time we can to be in that light of Christ, to be in that glory that he promises us. I once heard it said that when the priest holds up the host and the chalice after consecration, the red and white rays of, that you see on the divine mercy image shine out over all of us. We can't see them, but they are there. That is the mercy of God, the love of God, the peace of God shining out upon us. And then we receive him in the Eucharist. And we, that light enters into us. Which, of course, gives us the challenge then to allow that light to shine through us. That when people see us as Christians, they see the love that we have for God and the love that we have for each other. And they, we allow that light to shine through us. So may we, may we seek to follow that light, follow that light of Christ shining in the world as the Magi did. And may we open ourselves up to it and embrace the peace, the comfort, the forgiveness and love that Jesus has promised.